Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn on. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A Trunk. Hey everyone, it's Eddie Trunk, and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday. Be sure to subscribe. And check it out. Don't miss an episode of interviews with all your favorite rock artists. Of course, as I tell you every week, the interviews originate on my Sirius XM show, which is called Trunk Nation. If you're in the U.S. or Canada, be sure to listen each and every day, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, with replays 10 to midnight Eastern, and anything you want, audio, video, more, anything you want on the Sirius XM app. If you're only listening to the podcast, you're only getting a tiny fraction of what I do on a daily basis on the radio. So be sure to come on board with me on Sirius XM if you are not already and get the full picture. Two interviews for you this week. We've got a good one, so we're going to get to them real quickly. First up, we'll start with former Kiss guitarist and founding member of that band, Ace Frehley. Ace is currently on tour supporting Alice Cooper. Ace, always fun to check in. He and I, of course, have a tremendous amount of decades of history. He called in just before he started on the road with Alice Cooper, and I think you'll enjoy the conversation, as most people do when they hear from the one and only Space Ace. So Ace Fraley kicking us off, and our second interview will be from a guy who is a regular listener of my Sirius XM show, Trunk Nation, and that is Sebastian Bach, original lead singer in Skid Row. And he is out with his solo band playing Slave to the Grind in its entirety. I saw that show a couple weeks ago, hosted it in Houston. It was absolutely killer. Sebastian, always entertaining as well. Uh, and both artists are on tour now, so it's a good opportunity to give you these interviews via the podcast. Let's get to our first interview on the podcast this week. You know him, you love him. He is an icon and a legend, the original lead guitarist of KISS, Ace Freely, right now on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. And here is a guy that uh, was incredibly influential on John Five and so many other guitar players, and John guested on some of his recent albums. 
getting ready to go out on tour. A special guest to Alice Cooper. Joining us now live on Trunk Nation is original Kiss guitarist and co-founder of that band and Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Ace Fraley, joining us right now. How are you, brother? Good afternoon, Mr. Trunk. How's the rehearsals going? You're getting ready for this tour, getting started on Saturday with Alice. I know you've been busy rehearsing. How's it gone? Uh, we're killing it. I'm having so much fun, you know? The pandemic, you know, shut down everything. And uh, it's been two years since we performed live, and I'm so, so looking forward to this tour. And so is all the other guys in the band. And, you know, we've just been rehearsing, you know, constantly this week. And we just finished up our last uh, run-through of a, a new medley that we're doing uh, to help promote Origins Volume 2. We're doing a, a short melody. We're doing a half of each song. We're doing uh, She into Manic Depression, into Never in My Life by Leslie West, The uh, Mountain, into Led Zeppelin's Good Times, Bad Times. That's a melody wow. we have planned. That's going to be and awesome. How much set time do you have, Ace, with Alice? How much? Time, how long will the set show be? I don't know, around 50, 55 minutes, something around there. So you'll get all the classics, and then you'll get a good medley in, and it's it helps yeah. to be able to do a medley when you don't have a full a full hour and a half or whatever. Yeah. Now I actually enjoy doing medleys because you know you just give the you know you get. There's so many songs that I can perform, you know, songs I've written with Kiss, songs I've written on my own. I mean, you know how many albums. You probably know. I, I have no idea. How many albums have I put out? <laughs> Total? <laughs> like all all in, everything? Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to sit down one day and figure out how many songs I've written. I, I have no idea. You know, no, I, I have it. no idea. Off the top of my head, I could count them up pretty quick, but I have no idea off the top of my head. How many songs I've I've, I've guest starred on? You know, Wendy o. Williams, and uh, I mean, just uh, and people that have played on my records. You know, Slash and uh, Robin Zander, Lita Ford, John Five. You know, Slash. The the list is endless. Hey, so let me ask you about touring with Alice, because like you said, this is the first time you're going to be going out in a while, but what is your history with Alice? I know that, I remember hearing a story, I think it was you and Paul Stanley very early on before Kiss was really, when Kiss was making the first record, you guys went to see Alice Cooper. Was that your earliest Alice Cooper experience going that far back? We, uh, when I had first joined Kiss, we went to see the Billion Dollar Baby Tour and I think yeah. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I I hadn't met Alice yet. I don't think at that point. You know, usually when people say to me, "How long have you known Alice?" Like I I've known Alice as long as uh, we got drunk together. So how long has Alice been sober? I was sober fifteen years. My my anniversary was yesterday. But Alice is probably double that. Well, first of all, congratulations to you. You and Thank I you. talked on the phone last night, and you'd mentioned that to me, and that's an amazing milestone. So congratulations. Yeah. But Alice, yeah, Alice probably would be more years than that for sure, but uh, oh, he was he was as notorious as you in his day. Uh, he was as notorious as you. you. The two of you back in those days must have been brutal. <laughs> this must have been unbelievable. Well, we went, 
we got, you know, we got invited to Alice's birthday party, and of course, she had a cases of, several cases of Budweiser, and uh, I'm sitting next to Alice and Paul and Jeans on either side of him. You know, and of course, those guys don't drink, you know, and I'm, I mean, Alice are chugging beers and laughing our fucking asses off. Look. Oh, you can say and, that. It's fine. And uh, completely ignoring Paul and Gene <laughs> because those guys don't drink. And uh, Alice, you know, identified with me because we were both beer drinkers, you know. And uh, we had a we had we had a lot of fun that day. So I can't remember. That was in the seventies. Well, let you me know, ask you was- this. Well, let me ask you this, Ace. When you were putting together, when Kiss was coming together and you're making the first record and you guys go and watch Alice on that Billion Dollar Babies tour, I would think it would make sense to think that seeing Alice and you guys seeing Alice and doing a show like he was doing on that tour had a big impact on what what you guys wanted to do as Kiss when you started out, right? Well, from... From the very beginning, we, we've always said that, you know, people like Alice Cooper uh, and other people as well have been, you know, major influences on us. You know, I mean, Alice Cooper was one of the, you know, he puts on a theatrical rock show, you know, but, you know, we took it one step further or maybe two <laughs> or maybe a whole staircase. <laughs> but, uh Alice is, Alice is a great talent and, you know, great songs and a fun guy to be around. I'm good friends with his wife, uh, good friends with the guys in his band. His guys in his band know my guys. They talk to each other. So it's going to be a lot of fun, you know, a lot of camaraderie, you know. And uh, it's going to be very cool. I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, I don't see any downside or negativity i mean the only thing i wish is that you know because of covid and stuff you know they're not having a opening act so even though i'm special guest star you know i'm going on first but i think like uh the first show in new hampshire i was talking to the ampeg rep and he mentioned that there was another stage smaller than the stage we're playing on i think we'll be playing for ten thousand people and I think he said he was performing that afternoon. So I guess they may be the opening act, you know. Maybe there are some opening acts in some situations. But, you know, it's nice to have a, a band, a, a three-act build. You know, have one group to open up, then the special guest star, and then the headliner. You know, but in some Please. cases, it's just me, me and Alice. So, but, you know, it's cool, you know. I think yeah, everybody just- understands because of covid you know, there's certain guidelines that we have to follow. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you about. So what are, what kind of, um, have there been precautions and things put in place? And I mean, touring's so different now because of this. Everybody's dealing with it at different ways. What what are you, what are you, do you have any concerns going out? Are there any things you can and can't do that you'd normally do because of it? Well, I normally just stay in my room. I don't hang out in bars anymore. Everybody pretty much, and the band has been told, you know, don't socialize a lot. You know, kind of keep to yourselves. You know, because you know, one guy, if one guy in my band gets a, it can, you know, screw up the whole tour. So everybody has to be cautious. We're traveling with a CDC person, and we're going to be tested twice a week. 
Um, Nolan is allowed backstage. Meet and greets were canceled, you know, a couple of weeks ago, which kind of got me a little upset. But, you know, I'll, I'm working around that. I'm going to be doing virtual meet and greets, and uh, I'm going to be doing a video to explain that on my website uh, in the next 24 hours. Uh, but, you know, we're going to get around it, and we're going to have fun, and, you know, I'm going to have sell some of my painted guitars and, you know, have perform, you know, if somebody wants to pay a certain fee, I'm going to get up on stage and play the guitar they bought for a song. So, you know, we're getting around that. Speaking of uh, the COVID, speaking of the COVID stuff, pretty amazing, uh, Gene and Paul, how careful they were that they still ended up getting it. Have you? Did you have any contact with them around that time? Oh yeah, I spoke to Paul, and he told me he was completely baffled. You know, the minute I heard he had it, I, I got a hold of him. The minute Gene got it, I got a hold of him. Gene sent me a video of him with a nurse telling him he's okay. Uh, but you know, they followed the guidelines. Paul goes, I'm completely baffled. They used to have no idea how I got it, you know. I said, he goes, he was stuck in a hotel in Pennsylvania. I, I said, you know, be you know, be, be careful, you know, because I thought he might be going back to L.A., you know. And I said, you know, you got you got a lot. You got young kids, you know, at the house. He goes, no, I got to self-quarantine. So, uh, but as far as I know, they're back on the road again, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they resumed a few days ago. Yeah. So, you know, they got over it pretty quick. You know, some people, you know, get laid up for, for weeks. And, you know, my cousin uh, has a ranch in Dallas, and uh, he got the Delta uh, virus, and he was laid up for 11 days. And he said it was like the flu on steroids. So uh, that's something I, I do not want to get. But I've been yeah. vaccinated. I take my vitamins. I work out. Uh, you know, my new girlfriend's a personal trainer on top of uh, being a school teacher and, and a graphic artist. So, you know, I eat right. She keeps me, tra- uh, you know, in great shape. You know, I'm down to 198, which is the thinnest I've been since uh, I can't remember. Well, yeah, I saw you. Well, I saw you for your birthday in Vegas when we had your dinner, and you looked great, and you're even thinner now, which is crazy. Which I said to you when I saw you in Vegas, speaking of kiss, I said you're ready to fit into the suit. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them you're ready to put the costume on, man. Let's go. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I take life one day at a time these days. You know, I'm just looking forward to this tour. I'm really thrilled with the set. We also decided to add Strutter. That's a song that I don't think I've ever performed without Kiss. And that sounds great. Uh, one of the guys, other uh, guys in the band is singing it. And uh, it's a powerhouse set, you know, because we're limited in time. You know, we're going like from one song into the next, boom. But, you know, it's, and uh, I'm shortening my guitar solo, you know, three or four minutes. But that's okay. Yeah. Well, you got great singers in that band. I know all of them, and everybody, everybody can sing yourself. Lead. So I we have five lead singers. Yeah. Yeah, so that opens uh, up the possibility to do a lot of material, yeah. and that's that's a great, great advantage to have. And, uh, you know, God forbid, you know, I blow my voice out. You know, one of the other guys can cover for me. Uh, 
I would never use tapes. Oh, <laughs> like some thank people. God. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. you know, that's just, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, uh, I'm hoping for a good turnout. You know, uh, my agent, uh, Kevin Daly, told me that the ticket sales are, are doing really, really well. You know, so, uh, you know, I mean, it's a great build with me and Alice. You know, it is. a very similar audience. Yeah. Yeah, well, as soon as I heard about it, I thought it was a great bill. Just so people know that you're not on the Atlantic City date, which is tomorrow. That's only Alice. But you start with Alice on Saturday, and that's in Guilford, New Hampshire, on the 18th. Then you go Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York, Chicago. Uh, New York is uh, New York is upstate. New York is uh, Utica. Yeah, but I'm, you've got I a bunch no of dates. Where I'm playing. I just I go push me in the right direction. Throw me <laughs> on the plane, whatever. <laughs> Well, get out there and see it. It should be a great thing. Two quick things, and I'll let you go. Um, I got to ask you about this. So the the Kiss documentary that was on recently, it was well known you did not participate in it. I know why you didn't, but do you want to say publicly why you didn't? Would you like to tell the fans why you opted out of the documentary? Uh, not really. Uh, you know, it was just something that, uh, well, in reality, they didn't want to give me creative control. In other words, I wasn't, I didn't have creative control over the final edit, so I decided not to be involved with it. You know? Did you watch it? No, I, I haven't seen it. You said I came off good, so you know. I mean, I, I thought you did. Anything negative about it? Yeah, no, I told you. Bob Ezrin said yeah. you're the most rock and roll guy in the band, and he said that uh, he, you were right to feel ganged up on at times. That was what Bob Ezrin said in it. It's funny you brought up Bob because I was just talking to one of the guys in my band, and you know Bob lives in Nashville, and so does the so do the guys in my band, except for Matt Starr, the drummer. And uh, I said, let's get let's get Bob Ezrin over to the show. I haven't seen him in a dog's age, so uh, hopefully that'll you know that'll materialize, and uh, you know it's going to be a great tour, you know. Yeah, it should be great. And the last thing is, you know, speaking of Kiss, do you hold out any hope still that you might play with them like the fans do, even if a final show? Is there any scenario you see possible for that to happen? Look, anything's possible. And I've, I've always said that, you know, everybody, you know, that's the first question so many people have asked me over the years, you know, would you ever consider doing a kiss year? And I said, you know, I go, I, you know, I never close the door on anything. You know, if the money's right and it's and it's presented to me in the right way, you know, anything can happen. You know. Uh, you know, they put out a show. You know, they put out a live show recently. Officially released a live show from that short tour, that short time where it was you and Eric Singer. I don't know if you know that a live show came out from Japan from around 01 that they officially put out a few months ago. Oh, well, that's interesting. I should be getting a check done. <laughs> <laughs> if not, they'll be getting a call from my attorney. If not, they'll get an invoice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, you know, have you worked... I'm on good terms with Paul and Jean, which, which is nice because, you know, we created something really special. Yeah. You know, in the early 70s, you know, that had outlasted, you know, so many other bands. And, uh, you know, God bless them. They're still doing it. I'm still doing it. You know, 
Peter's still around, you know. I, I, I'm I'm not quite sure why Peter hasn't toured over the years, you know, as much as I have, you know. But you know, it is what it is, you know. Everybody does what they want to do. Um, but I, I'm having a ball, you know. I love my new band. I think you know everybody who's heard the new band thinks it's one of the best live bands I've ever put together. You know, they're super tight. Uh, and uh, yeah, I know those guys. I've known them for a long time. Things about the guys in my band. Yeah, everybody gets along. You know, no drugs, no alcohol. You know, it's just uh, you know serious rock musicians having fun, entertaining people, and trying to give a positive message to the youth of America. You know, rock and roll. Come to a rock and roll concert and forget about all your problems and all the ridiculous stuff that's going on in the world and. The politics that you know we have to deal with and hear about every day, and this goddamn virus, and uh, you know, come to a concert and forget about that for a couple of hours. You know, come see me and Alice and enjoy your life. You know, you've been locked up in a room, you know, afraid to go out, and uh, thank God the virus has, has subsided in America, but in certain places, you know, it's still, uh, you know, well. Uh, bad, you know, from what I understand. I just spoke yeah. to a friend in Florida and they said Florida's getting bad again. So I don't know, you know, but we, we take we take the proper precautions and you know, stay fit, work out, take your vitamins, say your prayers at night before you go to bed. And thank God in the morning, you know, that you're alive because, you know, it's a gift. Yeah, and you're right, and and you know, getting away from all of that stuff and getting out and seeing a show, it's it's more important than ever because it helps you kind of forget about the craziness of the world, even for an hour or two, three hours. It's it's a real good therapy. It really is. Hey, listen, man, I'm really, about to run out. I really out. believe that's why that's why Kiss was so successful because you know Escape. we were such a dynamic act because we would not just. We we didn't just sound good. We put on a, a, a spectacle of his show and it captivated people. And that's why, you know, in the late 70s, we were voted by the Gallopolos, the number one group in America, which is a major achievement, you know, in my career. And I was very proud to be part of that. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's withstood the test of time, you know, all, all my guitar work and solos, you know, even though I'm not playing them, some other idiot is, and uh, life goes on. Well, you're right. That's what it's about. It's about being an escape, and that's what that's what some of yeah. the best music is, get away from the, the madness of the world. Hey, I got to <laughs> run. I'm about to run out of time here for the show, but I appreciate a few minutes. Travel safe. I'm going to try to get out and see you at a show. Everybody go see Ace. Get there early to make sure you see Ace uh, playing before Alice Cooper as his special guest. And congratulations on 15 years sober, brother. Nothing more important than that. I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me on the show, and I'm sure I'll bump into you on tour. Well, my thanks, Ace Freely. Check him out on tour now, playing with Alice Cooper, jumping out on stage, playing some songs with Alice as well, uh, doing Schools Out on some of the stops I noticed. Coming up next, Sebastian Bach. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Next up on the podcast this week is original Skid Row lead singer Sebastian Bach, who is currently out on tour with his solo band, paying tribute to the 30th anniversary of the great Skid Row album, Slave to the Grind. Sebastian called into my show just before that tour started, and here's how that conversation went. And now, he is Bach, ladies and gentlemen. He is Bach on Trunk Nation. We welcome live to the show, very punctual too, right on time, Sebastian Bach. Yes, it's um, it's 12 noon my time, which means it's 3 p.m. your time. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, before we get into all this, I have one very I have one very important question for you, Eddie. Are you ready? Yes. Eddie, how are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. Joel, Joel. Joel, how are you doing? I was waiting for it. I knew that was coming. Andrew Murray, how are you doing, dude? No, nobody, nobody asked Joel how he's doing. That's considerate of you, Sebastian. Nobody, nobody asked Joel. You're that's you're courteous. Well, he had to be considerate because he wants me to edit that out. No, <laughs> that's right. I have to be. I have to be considerate because every single caller asks me how I'm doing now. Like, hey, uh, Wilfred <laughs> from Texas, how you doing, Wilfred? How you doing? How you doing, Shannon from Illinois? How you doing? If you'd, you like to, if you'd like to ask Sebastian Bach how he's doing, you can do it at 844-686-5863 today. Uh, he, Baz is going to be hanging with us. So, so Baz, first of all, you are joining us from your new home in Vegas. Uh, how yes. are you liking living there? Well, I really love living in Vegas. I, to be honest, I never could have envisioned myself ever living in Vegas because it seems to me like, you know, Disneyland or something. It's like, you know, do people really live here? And the answer is yes. And of course, yeah. And the, of course, the question is, you know, the heat. Well, I, I'm um, happy to report that today it's extremely comfortable in the low 200s. No, in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? When it gets to be 110 or 111 and I go outside and get in my car, my reaction is laughter. I, I walk out there and I go, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> and I kind of laugh and I get in my car and, and life goes on and I'm always on the road. As, as you know, we are about to start a three month tour. So today's literally my last day at home before we go out for three months in the USA and I'm always, you know, coming in and out. And, and to be honest, my, focus always is my kids like you Eddie Uh, my kids are are what I focus on and I remember being in school when when a new kid would come in halfway through the year and they were like the weird kid and they didn't you know fit into the cliques of the other kids so I have an opportunity coming up in January here in Vegas but I'm not allowed to tell you what it is Eddie I have no idea uh, what you're talking about (laughs) So, so if, if I was going to do something, 
in January in Las Vegas, if that was going to happen, I would want to have my kids in school starting in September so they can have a good year. And that's, that's the, re that's the whole reason that, that we moved when we did, because there's a lot of opportunity here in Las Vegas and, um, you know, with the COVID protocols all different everywhere, especially worldwide, like you can't go play in England and stuff like that and Australia and Brazil and, and everything. So the idea of having one central stage to play on where all the protocols are figured out and the crowd comes to you, like that's, that's really a good, uh, idea but but in the meantime we are going on the road across america and i feel kind of like a guinea pig because uh you know when i was a kid i always wanted to be an astronaut before i wanted to be a rock star i wanted to be an astronaut like when i was six and um right now i feel like i'm kind of like an astronaut <laughs> because because <laughs> me and brent woods and uh rob deluca and Jeremy Colson on drums. Your new drummer. Yeah. We're getting in the bus. And unlike everybody else, we have three months solid booked. And all I can tell you now, Eddie, is I'm checking in with you now before the first, before it starts. And hopefully, you know. At the end of December, I'll have a good report for you. But this is no man's land. This could all fall apart at a moment's notice. But, you know, if Guns N' Roses are out touring and Mammoth, uh, Wolf, Van Halen, and if there's packed stadiums full of football games, then it's our responsibility as rockers to rock. And I'm, I'm tired of being cooped up. So let's go. Well, you and you, I mentioned this the other day on the on the on the air. You, a lot of artists are doing like little two, three week runs, maybe five, ten shows. You're right. This is one of the more lengthy, ambitious tours I've seen because it is a solid three months, and it starts. Well, you got it. Looks like a one off in Waterloo, New York, on this Saturday, actually, and then yeah. you've got the t actual tour starting on October first, and. You're, you're out there, man. SebastianBach.com is where you can find all the dates. Now, this is doing Slave, right? You're doing Slave to the Grind for its 30th anniversary, right? Yes, we're doing it in its entirety. Um, you know, <laughs> you always, like, have these brilliant ideas. Like, we've already done it once. We did it at the Whiskey uh, back in 2018 uh, one time, and it was really funny because we did the first Skid Row album, on the first night and slave on the second the first night's crowd was wall-to-wall -wall chicks you know <laughs> i'm just being honest second night was wall-to-wall -wall dudes and it, <laughs> it, it, it couldn't have been a more different crowd like uh, dudes with hooks in their noses and you know long <laughs> earlobes and with weird stuff and Mud kicker kid kicking me down. No, no, what just happened? No, 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 no. I got you. I see you. Oh, good. good. Oh, I just got yeah, a, an update for an Adobe Flash. Oh, that's going to no. be remind remind me later. Thank you. Yeah, no, we're good. We didn't lose you. Okay, good, good. All right, here we go. I don't need Adobe Flash right now. Thank you. Okay, cool. All right, buddy. 
So you're talking about the differences in the appeal of of the first record to the second record. So what it's sounding like is when you get ready to go out there on on tour, since you're playing Slave, it's going to be all dudes. (laughs) Well, you know, there's a couple things I can say to that. You know, you know, when I read back and forth in the press, which we all do, whether we want to admit it or not, uh, Rachel once had a comment that uh, when we put out Slave, we lost half of our female audience. And um, I, I, my immediate response to that was like, dude, do you not remember the Guns N' Roses tour? Because there was a lot of females coming out to that one. But in retrospect, having performed the first album on a full tour, he is right. The, the appeal uh, on songs like Can't Stand the Heartache and Rattlesnake Shake totally our chicks love those songs <laughs> and dudes love monkey get business. The, get the and, fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Dudes love it. And uh, so, Hey man, me and Rachel just agreed on something. You, you better alert. <laughs> Let me ask you about what well, well, we should tell people that even though you're going to play slave, you are still going to do songs from the first record as well. You're people will still hear those songs. So we should tell everybody that you're still going to get, I imagine, I remember you in 18 and all that at the end, right? Yes, sir. But, you know, another point I was making, you know, when I said we have these brilliant ideas at first, like yesterday I was singing the whole slave record and I got to say, there's moments on there that (laughs) like, like some of the songs don't feel, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't, it's my commitment to you, the fan, to get the hell into all these songs that I haven't, I haven't heard for a long time. You know, Beggar's Day is a great song. Um, you know, you love Mud Kicker, and I actually co-wrote Mud Kicker. But that is an extreme kind of song, actually, to actually do. <laughs> so get ready, America. Here comes Mud Kicker. Wasted time. Uh, Beggar's Day. Psycho, Psycho love. love. Yeah, there's a lot of great things on there, but but um, you know, you're 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 playing deep cuts, you know, so so there's some deep cuts um on there, but we're doing it, man. So here it comes. Here we go. Mud Guys, are you doing it? Are you doing it in sequence or are you doing it like out of sequence? How do you do it? We are doing it in sequence except for one song. Why is that? I'm not telling, dude. So are you doing, so are you doing, um, are you doing get the fuck out or are you doing beggars day? Or are you doing both? Cause there were two versions of the record. We are doing half of the song, get the fuck out because half of the song, the lyrics are not, uh, acceptable in these, in this day and age. Um, even though I argued when I was recording that song about those, the words of that song are, are extreme. But we're doing half of it. <laughs> and Beggar's Day, we're doing the whole thing, uh, which is pretty neat because my wife, Suzanne, um, who I've been married to, I've been with seven years now. Um, but uh, the lyrics to Beggar's Day go, Susie got an Uzi, what a beautiful bride. That's where the trouble began. Where will there be a resurrection or a bloody insurrection? It's only up to Suzanne with a load of bullets in her hand. So I'm like, how can this be? 
It's all about me singing about marrying a girl named Suzanne while those while there's an insurrection going on and it's all up to her and uh happy wife, happy life. But that's the fun thing about doing deep cuts is that you get into songs that aren't necessarily hits and you don't hear on channel 39 all the time. Uh but um but it's fun and and a whole nother thing I've been doing. When I went to go see John Five, our, our great friend John Five, he had all these display screens on the stage, as you know, right? He's showing clips from monster movies and stuff. I go, dude, what, what are those screens on your amplifiers? He's, he goes, he said, dude, those are TVs. I go, what? He goes, yeah. I just go down to Best Buy and I get like three or four TVs. <laughs> I go, you can put TVs on a stage? He goes, yeah. He goes, they're 300 bucks now. They're nothing. I go, well, that's a good idea. So I went down to Best Buy, and uh, now my stage looks like a TV department display room. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's what we're used to now as human beings. So uh, as, you got, as you know, Eddie, my dad painted the cover of Slave to the Grind. And I don't think people know this, um, but... That was actually live people modeling that whole scene. And I've had, you know, these archives for 35 years now or whatever the number is. And uh, now that we're doing the 30th anniversary tour, I'm scanning all the photos from the making of the cover and I'm going to display them on the screens with the cover. And it's just another, it's a way of, paying tribute um, to my dad and, and who obviously I miss. And, you know, all I'm doing is I'm doing what I can. Obviously it would be in a perfect world uh, appropriate to be doing this with Skid Row, <laughs> but I can't do that now. And I'm like you, I don't, you know, the anniversary thing is cool, but it, it gets kind of ridiculous when you're doing the, the 33rd or the 42nd, like you got to be honest with the years. So you only get so many 30 years anniversary. So I'm doing what I can. Uh, maybe for the 35th, it'll be the, the uh, whole band together. Who knows what can happen in the future, but I'm just, I'm just doing what I can. I could get hit by a truck tomorrow and nobody would ever see any of these archives. And I'm just doing what I can, trying to get through the COVID, trying to make this tour complete. Um, as you said on your show yesterday, I'm on the hook for the bus. So, <laughs> so let's get this done. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so so I did not know that those were actual models on Slave. I just thought that was actually hand painted by your dad, like out of his mom. I didn't know that, that he was actually looking at he had set yeah. that up like that. That's that. That's going to be really cool to see. I'm really interested in that. Well, I I really like going to see, uh, you know, when when um, when guys put out a book like Duff McKagan when he put out his book, he had you know a slideshow going with photos right. you never saw. And I find that so interesting. Uh, a lot more interesting than just like a canvas backdrop. Like I have a whole video show going the whole time. Um, and it, I, I just, I've been doing this all my life and, and, um, you know, I can't bring pyro with me really, but, uh, I can bring some TVs. 
You can hit the Best Buy. Hey, hey, let yeah. me ask you this. Let me ask you this. When you talk about singing this record, I mean, again, the vocals on all this stuff is next level. It's just crazy. And very few people, I mean, you're, it's remarkable because I, and I just saw you sing recently that you still, and we could go on and on about this, but of course, Baz is like me, super outspoken about being real and live. And that's what he does. And I've got so much respect for that. But what's the most challenging thing for you to sing on Slave? When you have to do this record and every track on it, what's the song or two that's the real nut buster for you? I will tell you, honestly, the ending of Quicksand Jesus. I thought it, you were going to say that. Yeah. That is uh, me pushing my voice and my melodies, my licks and everything. That's pushing it to the max. Um, uh, that's really hard to do. But I have to say this, that, that sometimes fans uh, lose sight of the fact that making a record is not playing a show. Like, like, like making a record, you're standing completely still, you're in an air-conditioned studio, and you can try as many times as you want to get the ultimate take that you want. That's not the same thing as going out there and you get one shot and that's it. And if you're not using tapes, like, too bad for you. Like if you mess up, everybody's going to know it, but I'm exactly like you. I'm, I'm not interested in going to a karaoke show. I don't, that doesn't have any interest to me. So, so that's just the way it is. But, uh, but you know, like I, I remember reading an interview with uh, the edge from you too, and people giving him crap for his use of echo saying, that echo is, um, you know, you're, you're using it as a crutch or something. And his answer was, no, I like the sound of echo. Like for me, vocals, my favorite vocals of all time would probably be unleashed in the East from Judas Priest. The way those screams sound with, with the delay and the echo victim of changes, the ending of exciter, that blows my mind and 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 i don't i don't think halford's using echo as a crutch i think it just sounds epic <laughs> and uh so I, I use effects sometimes but i don't use auto-tune or nothing i i just you know i i love the sound of halford's voice and and whatever kind of effects he used i i kind of tell my sound man dude Put that Halford uh, magic on there, please. Thank you very much. Go listen to Unleashed the Beast. Go listen to that. That's the way metal vocals should sound, for sure. It should just, just at the at the console at front of the house, there's just a little fader that says MG on it, Metal God, the Metal God fader. And you just bring it up into the mix, and that's it. You sound just like the end of Victim of Changes. That's amazing. Well, you know, you're allowed to do that. This is This is the music industry. If there's a sound you like, you're not cheating or anything by putting some delay on there. And, you know, there's a, always a controversy about Kiss Alive. Did they play on the record or did they overdub? Newsflash, you're allowed to overdub. You're allowed to do that. You're, it's not a crime. You're, if, you, if you're making an album and you want to overdub a part, that's completely allowed. And everybody does it. Uh, you know, when we were kids buying Kiss Alive, nobody talked about that. We didn't care. We, we didn't we didn't care at all. Like nobody did. 
Um, and, and, you know, if, if I change the ending of Quicksand Jesus live, um, I would rather do, say, what Rod Stewart does. I, I'm not going to drop the key of the song, but I might alter a melody within the original key. Or I might just nail it. Who knows? <laughs> but I don't but care that, what you. I don't care what you do as long as it's live. I don't care right. what you do. I was. I went to see the Black Crows the other night, and I had a big conversation with Chris Robinson after the show about this. That band was out there with wedges and as live right. and real as it could get. And I was just like, "Thank God, man!" And he just looks at me. He goes, "Yeah." Rock and roll isn't supposed to be perfect. Live rock and roll isn't. That's what live rock and roll is. And I'm like, thank God. Thank God for you. Thank God for people like Sebastian. Thank God for people like Lizzie Hale. The people that speak out about it, that keep it truly real and understand that's what the essence of live rock and roll is. That spontaneity every night. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of guys that really do it. Like Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. I, I'm in a corporate band with him. Uh, Royal Machines, he sings completely live and he nails it. Um, Billy Idol, Billy Idol sings 100% live and he takes pride in it. Roger Daltrey from The Who, I've done two cruise ships and got a cake smashed in my face from him. <laughs> what is that talking about? I have never heard of such a thing. That's crazy. I'm sorry about that. that was just Listen, let, hold on. Let's do this because I got to do a break and uh, I want to take a quick break now. And then we're going to come back and we'll have a good, at least a good 20, 25 minutes more with Sebastian, who's willing to hang with us. And he's also willing to take some calls from the audience. And we're going to go to the phones in a minute and we'll let a few of you say hello to him so you can ask him how he's doing. And I we'll do come it. back. We'll come back with more with Sebastian Bach. Again, go to SebastianBach.com and find a date near you. The tour with him doing Slave starts like very soon. So get your tickets and find a date near you. So I can share a little something with the audience for the first time here that will be of particular interest to those in the Houston area planning to go see Sebastian Bach at Warehouse Live. Not only am I excited because I'll be at that show and hosting it, but we can also announce that that show is moving from Thursday to Friday night, which is an even better night to come out and have a rock and roll party. And the new date is going to be October 8th. That's not even officially announced yet, but we can give you a heads up. It's just moving one day later from the 7th to the 8th of October. That's the new date if you're going to the Houston show for Sebastian. And again, go to SebastianBach.com and find a date near you as the tour is about to start as he celebrates the 30th anniversary of Slave to the Grind. Sebastian, who else is on the tour with you? You've got an opening act, right? Yeah, we have a band from Detroit uh, called Kaleido. K-A-L-E-I-D-O. I have no idea what a Kaleido is. Uh, we had a band booked uh, called Stitched Up Heart. Um, I don't know about you, but I I, I kind of keep up with new bands through Instagram um, or, you know, that's an easy way to see their videos and what they got going on. And um, so when we when we got the tour rebooked, Stitched Up Heart was was booked with another band. So we had to find a new band and uh, my agent submitted about 10 choices and I watched videos from each of them. And I watched these uh, videos from this band Kaleido and I really liked the videos. One was called panic in a pandemic. 
which made me laugh. <laughs> but I just like their music and uh, that's it. And I didn't have time to really dilly dally around. And um, so they're coming, you know, hopefully everything works out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, you see instances where it is working out for artists. Like you mentioned Guns N' Roses. I mean, that's a massive touring production. Right. You and I were both at the show uh, in the show in Vegas a few weeks ago. And I mean, they've gotten through, thankfully, OK, without a problem. So you got you just got to get out there and do it. You're well, you're you're vaxxed. I'm vaxxed, but you're you're vaxxed and actually got covid. Right. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest, I was very confused about doing this tour because every time I go online, it's like uh, all these bands canceling their tours. Like yesterday it was Joan Jett. The day before it was some other band. It's everybody's canceling. So I called my doctor. I go, dude, I'm, I'm confused about this. He goes, Sebastian, you've had COVID and you beat it. He goes, that's like taking a hundred vaccines. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, there's a chance you'll never get symptoms from COVID again in your whole life. Now that you've had it, and you beat it. And I, I you know, I'm not a doctor. Like I, I just go by what doctors say. I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do because I'm not a doctor, but I listen to doctors. Right. <laughs> so, so that's, that's the discrepancy. And, and, and all I can say to the fans, I don't want anybody to get sick. But hey, if you've had COVID, come on in down to the show. If you're vaxxed or you've had it or both like Sebastian, then yeah, then then go rock and live your life. That's that's all you can do. Uh, yeah. How are you going to handle meet and greets? You've always been great. You know, I got to tell you something, man. And I don't know if I have, you heard me say this on the air. We've had callers call in because, you know, a lot of times when when fans pay for a meet and greet with an artist, they go. And a lot of times they walk away pretty unhappy. They're like, the guy didn't spend any time. He didn't even look me in the eye. He didn't engage with me. We've had people specifically call in who have gone to your meet and greets and be like, Sebastian's amazing. Like he hangs out. He offers me a glass of wine. He's like, you get to go on the bus. So that's a really like you're really engaged when you do these meet and greets. How are you going to handle that with COVID? Well, um, we're subtitling this tour, the Bach and the Bubble tour, like uh, the boy in the plastic bubble. So we're going to try to do all that. Um, we haven't even tackled the uh, issue of meet and greets yet because we're so focused on just getting it done, but we're going to be out so long that if it's possible to do a meet and greet, we will do it. Um, you know, like a Q and a at sound check or something like that. But, um, the thing about the meet and greets that the fans were calling you about, there's a story behind that. Uh, once my, what is that theater in, in Brunswick, East Brunswick, New Jersey, that famous theater state bands, theater. Yes, yes, the State Theater. That's exactly it. Years ago in the late 90s or mid 90s, maybe Willie Nelson was playing the State Theater in New Jersey. And my mom worships Willie Nelson. And she goes, oh, honey, 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 you got to take me to see Willie Nelson. I go, I don't know Willie Nelson. I go, I, I, I don't know if I can get into a Willie Nelson show because I, you know, so I called some people and sure enough, I got you know, tickets and passes to Willie Nelson in uh, East Brunswick. So I took my mom and I picked up the tickets at will call and our tickets were front row center. 
<laughs> and I go, I can't believe this. So we walked down, you know, and people were like smashing, you know, and I get right to the front row, sit down right in front. Willie does a show and he's looking at me going, hey, man, you know, being cool and stuff. And I, I go, I can't believe this. And my mom's just like a fan. She's going, honey, honey, we got to go meet Willie. We got to go to the bus. I go, mom, I go, mom, I'm not going to go hang out at the bus like trying to meet Willie. Like, that's kind of weird. And she's like, please, please. And I go, OK, OK, mom, like she was freaking out. So I took my mom out to Willie's bus and there's some people and they turn around and go, Sebastian Bach. I go, yeah, they go, what are you doing here? I go, <laughs> I go, my mom loves Willie. And I go, mom, we got to go. This is really embarrassing. <laughs> I don't want to be hanging out like at the bus, like a groupie. And right when I said that, the bus door opened up and a big cloud of weed smoke <laughs> wafted out. And it was just Will. And he goes, hey, man, why not you guys come on inside? And I look at my mom. I go, oh, my God. And Willie got me and my mom was like crying. She, Willie brings us into the bus and the feeling of going on to the honeysuckle rose with my mom, I will never, ever forget. This was before bands did meet and greets. So I said right then, I go, if I ever meet fans, it's going to be welcoming them onto the bus because that's rock and roll and fans don't get to hang out on a bus, right? So, uh, Willie, you know, I rolled up a couple joints and my mom smoking with Willie. And I'm, we're all wait, wait a your mom and was I, smoking I, weed with Willie. Hell yeah. You and your mom were smoking weed with Willie Nelson on his bus. That's awesome. Well, I don't want to rat you out, mom, but, you know, yes. God bless her. That's incredible. <laughs> we were ahead of our time. So I you smoked. So, so I smoked so much that I couldn't smoke anymore. I go, okay, that's enough. Because I, I couldn't even form a sentence. And then Willie goes, hey, Sebastian, roll up another one. I go, no, 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 I'm good. That's enough. He goes, hang on a second. And he goes into his bunk, Willie, and he comes out with like a pillowcase of weed. He goes, roll up some of this. And he throws <laughs> Boom. Like, like a pillowcase. So, and then he invited me to uh, play Farm Aid. I gave him my number. I never heard from him again. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's, there's some good stuff, but but that really sunk in. And I said, what a cool memory. And so I always brought the fans on the bus for a meet and greet. Having said all that on the Bach and the bubble tour, none of you are coming on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> not this time. Not this weed time. Weed or no weed. Not this time. <laughs> no, no even right. if you got a, two pillowcases. <laughs> all right listen you and i could talk forever but i want to let i you're very cool to give us this much time we don't usually get to do this with guests so i want to let some of the listeners call in and say hello to you in the sure. in about 10 minutes left or so uh before i'm gonna have to let you go but again go to sebastianbach.com find a date on the upcoming slave to the grind 30th anniversary tour it's a killer band uh, my dear friend brent woods on guitar uh rob deluca who also plays in ufo on bass and you got a new drummer as you mentioned steve drummer jeremy colson i know bobby jerzombeck is is uh, speaking of country artists is playing some with george Strait now right yeah you know i've had bobby in my band since around 2004 and he also plays with fate's warning sometimes but i've had him constantly since then 
And then this new up and comer dude, George Strait. Who's this George <laughs> Strait guy? Who's this guy? I gotta go have a word with him. He's stealing my my drummer. Like, <laughs> no, it's a complete honor. You know, Bobby is playing stadiums. You know, yeah. and you gotta you gotta salute any musician that comes from heavy metal and then transcends to a whole nother genre and and. The fact that he's playing um, stadiums, you know, I'm going to I'm not going to say, Bobby, come on, dude. We're doing Joe's Crab Shack. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing at the stadium, man? Come on. We're, we're doing <laughs> we're doing Joe's Crab Shack. In, in, uh... <laughs> OK, Baz, a... <laughs> I'm going to turn this down. <laughs> let's let's get a few uh, calls in for Sebastian right now. Here's John in Connecticut. Uh, John, you're on live with Sebastian Bach. Go ahead, buddy. Hey guys, listen. Uh, first of all, Eddie, thanks for doing what you do. Sebastian, same here. I just wanted to touch base with. Uh, I was I went to the last show up here in Connecticut, the Palace Theater, with Sebastian when he played the whole first album. Did a meet and greet on the bus. Dead nuts. Awesome guy. You know, spends the time with you. Really great. I don't know if you remember me, Sebastian, but when I got on the bus, I was singing, it's cold in time again. And you go, oh, you're really fired up, aren't you? And I was like, <laughs> why wouldn't I be? Why wouldn't I be, right? So, uh, well, you know, and, it, and the TVs that you put on the stage, big yeah. plus. It was, it was yeah. great seeing all the 80s and 90s videos from, you know, right. you, guys be, you guys being hammered, doing blow, doing everything. It was, it was great. <laughs> It was fucking, it was great, man. Hey. So I'm a huge fan. I've always been a big fan. It's, uh, it's awesome, man. I'm really looking forward to the next show. The next show is further south here. It's in Toad's Place in New Haven. I might go see the one in, uh, in New York in Sony Hall. But uh, listen, Sony you guys, Hall's thanks for nice. everything. Go ahead. Hey, right, dude, you, you, didn't, you didn't ask us how we're doing, though. Yeah, I know, I know how you're doing. I don't have to ask how that. You, I know. How you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing good. great talking to you guys. Good, so it's really good. good. Thank you, John. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Is right. there, is there gonna be, I want to see a picture on those TVs comes up, come up of your mom and Willie Nelson smoking weed. Do you have a photo <laughs> of that? No, but that reminds me of uh, when we did the Philadelphia Spectrum with Guns N' Roses. Somehow me and my mom ended up in Slash's dressing room. <laughs> and and I, my memory of that was just being in this dark you know, dressing room at the Spectrum in Philly with my mom like doing shots with Slash, and then <laughs> they're and they're in like a deep conversation. My mom and Slash, it, it was great. Like I got some great memories. Uh, yeah, like, no doubt. Here's yeah. Lawrence, who's in New Jersey, joining us now. Uh, Lawrence, you're on with Sebastian. Go ahead. What's up, fellas? Bass, uh, quick question for you. Uh, over the summer, uh, I read your autobiography. And mm -hmm. I knew you grew up in Canada, but I had no idea that you grew up in the Caribbean. So this is my question. Since mm -hmm. you grew up in the Caribbean, obviously, you know, you were just, you know, this guy, you know, you grew up around pretty much around, you know, a lot of other black kids or whatever. So credit for your parents and just even hearing that story about, you know, your mom smoking weed with Willie Nelson. So <laughs> how did that, your childhood, how did that kind of like shape your outlook and life and in your music because i know my mom she wouldn't have smoked weed with any well actually she probably would have smoked a joint with maybe marvin Gaye or teddy pendergrass so <laughs> how did your growing up in the caribbean kind of affect the way that you relate to people 
and how you, you know, your outlook on life and how did it add to, you know, your, your way that you wrote and created music? That is a great question, man, and not a question that I was anticipating. And you put a lot of thought into that. And it's very time appropriate for the times we're living in. Uh, my dad taught right. at a kin- kindergarten in Freeport, Bahamas, and that's where I was born. And he taught at Mary Star of the Sea School. Who knows? Maybe your show's on in the Bahamas, Eddie. Maybe people listen to that. But anyways, I was the only white kid in my kindergarten class. I, all the other kids were aliens. No. <laughs> no. So I was the only white person in my kindergarten class. And I, then when we moved to Canada, the same sensibilities are what I grew up with, that, you know, racism is lower than low and more despicable than anything I could think of. Judging people on the color of their skin is just so, uh, you know, like backwards, archaic uh, way of thinking. And I can't comprehend that. And I can't I can't justify or be around an adult. Uh, in their 50s or 60s who who uses the n-word like um, you know I mean everybody grows up in a different environment you know and I've used words that are horrible too I'm not going to pretend that I'm some moral uh, you know high barometer everybody knows that I've said some really dumb things and used words that are not good uh, but but for me, I've never been down with judging people on the color of their skin. We're, we're all just the same. And um, I, I don't th- I think that's a weak way of uh, looking at people. Let's talk to Joe, who's in Vancouver, and he joins us now. Uh, Joe, go ahead. You're almost Sebastian. Hey, guys. Hey, I can attest that Baz's uh, meet and greets are. Probably for the best bang for the buck you're going to get. This guy, I drove down from Vancouver for the Seattle book signing at the bookstore. They were they were giving us the rules about he's not going to do this, he's not going to do that. Baz comes walking around the corner and goes, I'll do whatever you want. I don't care. And then the uh, meet and greet after the, at the Commodore, after the show, talking Rush, Trailer Park Boys, the guy's the best. Um, Baz, I'm hoping that the shows that were supposed to run through Canada again, I had Commodore tickets again, that kept getting kicked down the line. I hope that gets rescheduled. I don't know if you can address that. And wondering one thing, if you remember, I used to be good buddies with guys in Black Diamond. And my first exposure to Baz was like mid-90s before the KISS reunion tour. Black Diamond playing, I think it was at the Vogue on Granville. And Baz jumps up to sing a couple of songs. And I, I swear a guy jumped out of the audience and tried to pull your leather jacket off you. I don't know if, <laughs> if Baz remembers that. I, I, you know, we just moved in here in Las Vegas, and I'm still unpacking boxes. And I pulled out this shirt, and I go, man, Ace Frehley looks so weird here. And it, was, it wasn't Ace. It was Black Diamond. I, I have the Black Diamond shirt. It was the Ace impersonator. Right, right. Uh, you're going to so, try hey. to re- you, uh, Canada's challenge. Joe's in, in Vancouver, obviously uh, Canada's challenging right now with COVID and the border and stuff. So I imagine it's going to be tough for you to get back there until things clear up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm not in control of any of that. The, the, the simple fact of the matter is, is that we're going to play 
the whole world as soon as the whole world is opened up, especially like Australia and Canada and Brazil and the UK. We had all these plans. We had all these tours booked, um, but uh, we're going to play the whole world as soon as the world is open. First priority is being able to get through the, the three months of dates you have announced. And again, go to yeah. SebastianBach.com and find one near you. Hey, I want to, yeah. I, I got like five minutes. So I'll grab one or two more calls if I can. But be, but before I run out of time, I didn't get a chance to ask you. I know you've been working on a new record. What's the status of the next album? I don't know what you're talking about. No. <laughs> um, is that not supposed well, to be known? That you're like, you've, you, you were, well, did I say on, something just, I'm not supposed to say? No, let me, let me just answer this. I listen to your show every single day and you always, uh, you know, you, you, you say all oh, this, this, this album happened because of the pandemic or, and that might be so, true for some people, but I, I was working on a record before the pandemic. Um, but the pandemic gave me a lot of time to focus on it. So, <laughs> but Hey, if I only got a couple minutes left, I'll, I'll just answer that by saying, there are a lot of plans for 2022 that I cannot tell you about yet, but All 2022 right. is going to kick ass. I guarantee you. We're just, right. we're, we're just getting through the end of this year first. If I only got a couple of minutes, I got to say something to you, Eddie. I said this on stage in Tulsa and uh, what do you got another call? Cause I just, I'll say this to the end. I got, well, I got, I'll get one more. I got five, like okay. five minutes before I have to end. So you want me to take one more call? Yeah. One more call. All right. Here is um, Mike in Illinois. Go ahead, Mike. Hey guys. Thanks for giving me the chance. I just wanted to ask Sebastian if he remembers or what he remembers about the great Pantera barbecue on the slave <laughs> to the grind tour that happened in Hannibal, Missouri, because people <laughs> think I'm crazy when I bring it up. I have it on video, dude. And maybe one day if I get back with the old band, we can put it out instead of me making it an NFT, which will be what happens if we don't put it out. But I have that on video. And that was near the ending of the Skid Row Pantera tour. And uh, Dimebag and Phil and Vinny decided to set up about three or four barbecues in the pit in front of the crowd. <laughs> And they made themselves dinner and hot dogs for all the fans and for us. And we all had like a barbecue during the show. And it was ridiculous. People were throwing hot dogs around, but that was good times. Uh, thank you, Mike, for the call. All right, Baz, we got about two, three minutes. So go ahead, whatever I, you want to plug, mention, what yeah. you, it's all you. Okay, well, all I got to plug is the next three months in the United States. So look for your city and we'll be there. Fingers crossed. But I, I just want to say to Eddie, um, I said this on stage in Tulsa, but of course I did something crazy to overshadow it as usual. Um, but I just want you to know, and I, I think I'm speaking for your listeners, that during 2020, when we were all locked at our house and we could not leave our house, it was, it was doable for the first month a little less the second, a little less the third, but by month seven and month eight and month 10, I know I'm not the only one who was going cuckoo at my house. Like I've watched all of Netflix. I've listened to every Kiss record known to man. I've read every book. 
I've I've categorized and alphabetized my CDs and my DVDs. <laughs> but I just got to say that your show meant more to me in that pandemic than any other radio show I've ever listened to. Oh, thank you, man. It means a lot. I appreciate that. Thank you. It really does. It's just uh, because we couldn't go anywhere and putting on your show was, you know, the feeling of rock when there was no other where to get it. Man, means a lot to me, Baz. I really, you know, even seeing how you're emotional about it, it means a, it means a lot that you would say that about me in this show. And it means a lot to me as a rock fan that you would feel that strongly about rock music. I've said this as long as I've known you, man, for the decades I've known you, no matter what, you know, you, you, you are, you live, breathe, bleed rock and roll. And that shows it, you know, and if I could play a small part for you or any of the audience and being an escape for a couple hours a day and celebrating and debating and having some fun with rock and roll means a lot. Well, so you, seriously, you were, thank you. You were so much fun and you always had a positive outlook when I didn't have a positive outlook and you, I would put on the show and your fun and your humor would remind me of why we do this. So thank you. Oh man. Means a lot. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, brother. Really? I really do. Hey, listen, you take care of yourself, uh, get ready. And uh, the tour kicks off for Sebastian Bach again, SebastianBach.com. You got a show this Saturday, Waterloo, New York, a Delago Resort and Casino. That's a one-off. And then the actual tour starts October 1st, Grapevine, Texas, and runs for a couple months. So there's a date near you. Just go online and find it. And I'll see you and hopefully a lot of great fans that I know are in Houston. Remember, that date at Warehouse Live is moving one day later from Thursday to Friday, so even a better night to come out and party with myself and Baz and the band. October 8th, Friday, Warehouse Live. Uh, don't miss that one as well, but just find the date wherever is convenient for you at SebastianBach.com. Best and to you Joel, and the family, Joel, brother. And one second, Joel, if the tour something happens in the tour, I'm the new producer and I'm editing <laughs> out all the how you doings. So Joel, you get the pipes warmed up. All right. I, fine. That. I okay? said, Hey, if we want to trade paychecks, I'm on board. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> and Joel, I want Joel, I want to hear you sing the end of Quicksand Jesus. Good luck oh, on that, shit. too. <laughs> oh, God. Faz, I got to go. Right. Good, Thank you, buddy. Come thank on anytime. Guys. We'll see you. All right. All right. See you guys. There he goes. Well, my thanks to Sebastian Bach and my thanks to Ace Freely. Hope you enjoyed those interviews on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing. Be sure to listen to me every day on Sirius XM Volume Channel 106, live 2 to 4 Eastern, nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern, full shows, audio, video, more on the app. And be sure to follow on social media, especially Twitter and Instagram, at Eddie Trunk for updates on everything going on in my world. Also a fan page on Facebook, eddietrunk.com is the website. Have yourselves a great week, and I'll catch you next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast.